Welcome to the Innovate for Impact podcast. This podcast is for leaders in the social sector like you who want to make a difference. Each episode is packed with practical ideas on how you can be more innovative and create an even bigger social impact. We share our ideas on what you can do and also speak to leaders from the sector to share best practice. So let's get into it and let's talk impact. Welcome back to the Innovate for Impact podcast. Happy 2023. Uh, Our first episode for this year, Dan Bentley here. As usual, joined by Tracy Newman. What we're going to talk to you to, about today to kick off this new year in our, in our first episode is all about creating space for creativity. We see this kind of playing out in two different ways and there's two reasons, I guess, why we want to talk to you about this. The first one is that, hey, it's a new year. People have got goals. They're looking to do new things. And so we want to talk about how important it is to really create space for creativity in order to be able to achieve those goals. And the second part of it is too, is that we just know that one of the obstacles that we have in this space is just how busy people are with their day-to-day work. And innovation is always kind of put on the back burner in a lot of organizations whilst we put out the spot fires that we're facing right now. And so we wanted to give you guys a couple of tips that can help you to be able to really create space for creativity because here's the kicker on this one. No one's going to create it for you. Uh, this is something <laughs> we need to do ourselves is to create this space for the creativity that we want to have and create that space for that long-term and strategic thinking because, like I said, ain't nobody going to come and tap you on the shoulder and go, hey, here's a little bit of time for you to do those long-term projects you need to do, champ. Over to you. Yeah, it doesn't matter how good you are. There is no no time fairy that's going to come tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, well done. Here's some extra time for you that we've carved out magically just so that you can do the things that you are committed to doing but that you're not necessarily getting to because you are getting, you know, waylaid by other things. Yeah, so unfortunately it's not true. It's not going to happen. You need to make a decision around, well, am I willing to wear the costs of not working on some of these long-term things? Like when we are just focusing on the the short-term and the day-to-day, there's a cost that's happening because of that. And on a previous episode when we spoke to William Crowley, he had a really great little sort of quote in that episode, which was about... He got to the point where he's like, you know what? We're always going to be busy. We're always going to be busy here. There's not going to be a time when we should innovate. You know, I think before that he may have been thinking, and we do hear this a lot when we speak to leaders that they say, look, right now is not the right time, but in the future we will get to this. And he just kind of had this realization that was like, that's not going to come anytime soon. So what can I do today? And that's what we're really talking about. And look, the essence of it all is, is that it's really about just booking in time. It's as simple as that. This is not some crazy innovative technique that we're talking to you about today. But what it really is, it's about having a combination of in in your calendar, you know, you've got this calendar that we all sort of, you know, work out in in our jobs, not letting it just be completely filled with short-term and and reactive meetings and, and, and other commitments that you've got in your job, actually blocking in some time. And when we run workshops, we love to ask people, how much time could you really give if you wanted to think about it? Some people can only give half an hour a week. It's better than doing zero. Some people can give a couple of hours. I spoke to a lady recently in a workshop that I was working with and she's like, I love using my Friday afternoons. 
you know, I just feel the most creative on a Friday afternoon. I don't personally. I'm cooked on a Friday afternoon. Uh, I'm probably more better off to do this in the morning on a, on a Tuesday or something. But she was saying like Friday afternoons, I love it. I just book out time. My team know not to come and disrupt me and it's where I do all my thinking. I do all my thinking and I plan things and I look at solving problems, the longer term stuff, and I chip away at some of the things that I need to do. Yeah, I think having that time actually allows you then to remove it from your thinking because sometimes when we're mindful that we've got other things that we want to get to but when you know we're not that can actually weigh really heavily and interfere with your day-to-day and you know because you've got all these things in your mind it slows you down anyway so actually segmenting that time and and making that progress can actually speed you up in the other time so you end up with no net loss and you also get the benefit of that forward planning and that forward thinking and the outcomes that you get working on your strategic work, you get the benefit of that with no sort of net loss of time. Yeah. Running and running and running and running and running, it's not productive. That You know, it, it, it doesn't help to sort of further what you were saying, Trace. And there is a, a little analogy that Tracy likes to mention, one of her many on this podcast around, you know, this is that time that you want to take to sharpen your axe rather than just chopping the tree all the time. You know, this is the time where you just take that time to go, I'm going to just deal with a problem that's getting in my way all the time in this space, not just keep reacting to that problem and, deal, and dealing with it in real time, if that makes sense, like solving the problem. That's what we're sort of talking about. The other concept as well that many of you would have probably heard before is the whole idea of like the balcony versus the dance floor. And it's, you know, it's a, it's a pretty old leadership type, um, you know, analogy, I guess. But essentially what we're talking about here is spending more time on that balcony rather than just all of your time on the dance floor. If you haven't heard that analogy before, essentially what it is, is that being on the dance floor is essentially you're in amongst it all. You're in the operations, you're doing things, you're, you're putting out spot fires, you're working and you can't really see what's really happening across the whole venue when you're on the dance floor. You can only kind of see what's happening around you in your close proximity and you're kind of caught up in all of it. When you hop up on that balcony in that venue though, you can see everything for what it is and you can sort of make decisions and you can you get a lot more data and information. That's what we're kind of talking about here with this like strategic versus operational type ways of working. Yeah, and... Whenever you get a change in perspective, it always leads to new thinking because you're looking at the same thing, but you're looking at it from a different angle. You're you're adjusting your perspective. Therefore, it means that you're able to see more and you're able to see different things. So you always get a much broader range of thoughts and ideas when, when you're changing a perspective. And the more comfortable you are with that change, the easier it is to transition between the two. You know, often we have almost a comfort. Like I know, you know, historically I've been very comfortable on the dance floor and when I'm marking things off my to-do list, I feel very productive and, you know, when I'm immersed in it, it, it can be really comforting and comfortable and so sort of making that transition into, you know, being on the balcony, it's easy to sort of you know, postpone it, put it off, have that, you know, I'm too busy sort of thinking. Whereas the more you do it, the more comfortable you are in that transition, the more comfortable you are in both of those places. Therefore, the easier it is to then be able to easily transition and easily have both of those perspectives. Yeah. I I think to add to what you just said, it's about balance, isn't it? 
Yeah. You know, you're much more of a balanced leader when you are spending time in both of those perspectives. If you're just in one or the other, you're probably not being that effective as a leader. And like we said, there's always a cost for for not doing one or the other. You got to do a bit of both. The other little thing that I also like to say to people too is so some people just go, oh, look, you just don't understand how busy I am. And I always like to say this little example this might challenge some people listening in is that as I say to them, well, if your leader called you and said, hey, I've got a really urgent meeting. I need to speak to you. When can you next book me in? And you could be the end of the day, could be tomorrow, who knows, but you'd probably make some time for that person, wouldn't you? And most people go, yeah, yeah, I probably have to. And then you say, okay, and what if somebody then said to you, oh, actually, you want to go grab a coffee? Would you, What would you say to them? Would you go, yeah, no worries. I've just got this other thing, but I'm not going to do it. You'd go, no, I can't. I've got this thing booked in. Like this is how you need to treat your creativity time, right? As important as like your manager is booked in a one, you know, meeting with you or whatever, right? Like my point is, is that it's like you need to protect this time. People will try and take it away. Don't call it creativity time or something because if someone can read your calendar, they probably think they can book something over the top. Call it like urgent meeting or something like that, right? Like, I don't know, whatever you want to do. But have it so that in your mind, you understand the cost of not doing this long-term thinking and making sure that you are yeah, spent protecting that time. doesn't mean you can't be flexible with it, but the other thing that we sometimes see is a bit of a pitfall in this is people book it in, but then they don't use it. So they have it in there, but they're happy to book meetings over the top. They have it in there and they also say, oh, look, I am free Wednesday afternoon. Book it in. I've just got this other thing, but that, that can wait. You can't keep treating long-term thinking and strategic thinking as a nice to have. It's it's a critical thing. And so we need to treat it that way. Yeah. I think one of the things that really helps around that mindset is actually to do the work and understand what the cost of inaction is. And, you know, we talk about that regularly because we're always very present to the impacts of those urgent issues and that, that sort of day-to-day because we, we get to see the impacts of doing or not doing it very quickly. Whereas with that strategic thinking and that forward planning, we're often not as present to the impacts of not doing it. So that's where actually sitting down and taking that time to consider what is the cost of inaction? What will my role, my organization, my team look like in, you know, one, three and five years if we don't you know, take this time and do this strategic thinking. What would it look like if we continue to work the way that we are while the world changes significantly around us and we're not building in that agility? Like what would the cost of not doing those things be? And that therefore makes it much easier to be present to that so that you know when you're choosing to, you know, book something over the top of it repeatedly, well, that's the cost that you're accepting. And because we don't often sit down and, and actually think about it in that way, it's very easy to be a bit, you know, relaxed and casual about it. Yeah, that's so true. If you're loving what you're hearing on our podcast, you should join us for one of our live events where we cover how you can build a more innovative and impactful organisation. We also have our very popular Co-Design for Impact Masterclass where I'll teach you how to run your own co-design projects and how to set them up for success. Spots are limited, so grab your ticket to this and our other events at impactoconsulting.com.au slash events. That's essentially what we're talking about. Now what we might just sort of talk a bit is about how like how we do this. So we do this in our own business. We are pretty busy people. We have lots of things that 
that happen and you know being a business owners there's never enough time to do what you need to do so we deliberately have different times blocked out within our calendars to make sure that we don't book things with clients over those the clients don't book things with us over those we've just got all these different blocks and some of them about the marketing of our business some of them might be about the customer experience of our business but we have all these different like long term thinking and doing spaces that are about working on these longer term things for our business. So that's just an example of how we kind of do it. But the other thing is we talked about this in a very organizational way right now. We talked a bit about like, you know, how to do it in your organization. But what about creating space for creativity just in general? What we want to do here is really sort of even when we're not in the office, how do you create a space so that your mind is kind of enabled to go to this place of like we said, creativity and not just going on to the next task and doing the next thing and the next commitment and cooking dinner and all those sorts of things that we all need to do. What what do people do in their lives to be able to create that space? And yeah, we thought we might share a little bit about what we like to do. Yeah, I was reading a book. It was actually Brene Brown and she talked about how as a family, they have this kind of goals list, but they sat down and she asked the question like, you know, what are the things we're doing when when we as a family really experience joy? And then, you know, found that a lot of those moments were those, you know, eating dinner together or an impromptu dance off when they're, you know, cleaning the house on a Sunday night and things like that. And then when when they looked at their goals list, those two lists were very different. And so that's something that I've been really mindful and really present to recently is like how do I carve out just those little spaces to bring more joy into the everyday rather than, you know, those big things like the holidays and the new cars and all of those things. But how do I actually just have more little things in my day? that spark joy and one of those things is actually just changing up my morning routine so now instead of having coffee in bed which I used to do and love I have coffee on a yoga mat and just do a little bit of meditation and stretching in the morning and I've just noticed in the two weeks since you know starting doing that my mind feels clearer and my body feels more comfortable just through just a little bit of mindfulness and stretching to start the day. Yeah, that's a that's a really good example. And that Brene story was really interesting too. A big one for me, I wrote, wrote an article about this that a lot of people have read about how hiking does this for me. I don't probably get this same thing when I go with friends, but it's probably I get this more so when I go just me and my dog and we go out onto the trails and we just walk and there's no distraction except for the beauty of the nature that we're in. You know, So you're so present, but there's nothing that's sort of distracting you from that moment though either if that makes sense and yeah I find when I walk through the bush and enjoying this moment that I just so many ideas come to me you know sometimes I will unpick problems or go after opportunities that I also can see and it'll just they will just become so clear to me in those moments just because I've taken that time to stop and just be those things just sort of come to me and then I walk out of there usually like a new person and I'll be like oh my god can't wait to get, you know, and I've done that when I get back in on Monday or whatever, man, I'm going to do this and this and this and this and this. But it's just taking that little bit of time out from the tasks that I have around the house and my other responsibilities just to, to do that thinking enables me to, you know, I think be a more balanced person, but also get a lot of really good ideas of things that we can do when we're back in the office. So, Yeah, I'm definitely a think while moving person. 
I also have a dog and we go for a walk or a run together every day and that's where I do most of my thinking. And quite often if I get stuck with something as well, you know, go for a walk around the block and all of a sudden that unblocks that for me Um, and there's just something about when my legs are moving, my brain works better. Yeah, I can relate to that. I can't sit there and listen to a podcast. I have to be doing. I mean, I can't even on an airplane or something. But like, I just wouldn't. I wouldn't sit in my lounge room and listen to a podcast. I have to be doing something. I don't know. I don't know what that's about. But I agree with what you just said. It just feels like it's easier to concentrate when you when you're moving and listening at the same time. Um, I, I do a bit of music as well and um, play a bit of guitar. And the way that I find the best to if I'm if I'm writing some music is to just shut the door of the room that I'm in. If there's other people in the house at the same time, just let them like, look, I'm not available for the next hour or two hours, whatever time I've got. Putting my phone on aeroplane mode and just concentrating on that one thing. I think as soon as you have distractions or the, that you know someone's going to potentially come into the room or knock on the door or offer you some food or something like that, you just can't get into that deep, state of thinking i just feel like there's really something about that too that helps me be a lot more creative in that space is that i just know that this is me for the next hour you can get very deep into that and i find that's really beneficial yeah i'm very fortunate because living in adelaide we get to watch the sunset over the beach and growing up near the beach the beach is a really special place for me so standing on the shore you know with the waves just sort of lapping and watching the sunset like that to me is you know the perfect ending to a day and that really also instills that sort of sense of calmness and peace and again that's where you know anything that's on my mind will just fall away and I can just be really there in the moment. Yeah, that's nice. I was wondering where you were going to go with the whole because I live in Adelaide thing. I thought you were going to say, <laughs> there's not many people here, so no one disturbs me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the internet doesn't work in the, in the room that I'm sitting in, so I don't need to put it in flight mode. We do have a few people in Adelaide listen to this podcast. Apologies. This is, you know, regular banter between Tracy and I. Yeah, it's one of those things. Growing up in Adelaide, you're so used to the sun setting over the ocean. And, you know, as soon as you go, you know, to the eastern states, it's like, what? There's no sunset? It's a good point. I hadn't thought about it. I was like, I was, when you said that, I was like, what do you mean just because in Adelaide? And I was like, yeah, it's the way you're located. That's true. That makes sense. All right. Another one that I find as well is just, just exercise in general, whether it's running or in the gym or something like that. Again, it's just doing something physical with your body as well I just think really helps to to free your mind I remember once I had to write this talk and I was really kind of nervous about it because it was like a really big deal and I remember just being like oh I was putting it off and I was trying to work out what I needed to do and then one Saturday morning I just said you know what I'm not going to set an alarm today I'm just going to get up whenever I get up and just have like a, a relaxed day and because I'd sort of carved out that whole morning just to do nothing I, I woke up and this talk just started writing itself and I, I mean, I was, ended up having to do a bit of work on a Saturday, which is not ideal, but it was just like, it was just coming to me. And it was because I'd really kind of like taken all those worries and kind of constraints that my brain was putting on itself. I took all those off and it was free. And it was just like, I remember just grabbing my phone and just like powering through just typing this thing out. And I wrote the whole thing in like 30 minutes and just went off, <laughs> went off and just went back to relaxing. But, you know, I think that's a great example of what this can do when you give yourself that space. If I had set an alarm that day and gone and done something straight away, I probably would never have had that experience. I probably would have been sitting there on Monday thinking, oh, I've got to get this thing done. It's next week. But because I 
was able to relax and took the pressure off and all those sorts of things. This is what we're talking about here when we're talking about cre- creating space for creativity. These are just different ways of doing it. My brain was able to sort of go, oh, let's get creative here. Pressure doesn't help creativity. No, no. Again, when we were talking to Daniel from Thank You and that saying that he has with his team, pressure off, as soon as he said that, I went, oh, yeah, like because I have that, that you know, grind it out mentality sometimes when I'm working on something, I feel like, you know, like that's it, you know, I've got to keep going until I'm finished. I just got to grind it out. Whereas what I've learned now is if I actually, you know, take some deep breaths, do a little stretch, go for a walk around the block, come back, I can actually get it done in half the time. And it's just giving myself permission to take a step back and that whole sort of, you know, grinded out mentality, you know, sounds great in theory, but in reality, often it actually has the reverse of what you're trying to do because that creativity, it's it's almost like, you know, the butterfly that comes and sits on your shoulder and you can't force it, you can't grind it out. You, you've got to actually just sometimes allow it to develop. I've actually got a little quote written on my wall and it is creativity lives in a paradox serious art is born from serious play and I keep that there to remind myself that whenever I'm getting serious about too serious about something that's creative it's not going to work like just that playful mindset you got to be relaxed this is when creativity comes to us is when we're feeling in that way so that might be a good place to leave it and uh, to wrap that up thanks for joining us on on that one so what we sort of talk about just do a bit of a recap is we talked about creating space for creativity we talked about how that can be applied by using your calendar as a tool to to keep yourself accountable, but also block that time out so other people don't block it in over the top. A little question, a little bit of homework for all of our listeners on this one. I want you to have a think about now, how much time could you give up per week to do this long-term thinking? Think about that. And then also, what would you use that time for? If you can do that thinking now, it might give you some, some ideas and help you sort of get started. Like we said, we're not saying here you need to do a whole day. You know, if some people can, that's great. And, and maybe not every week it's exactly the same, but you kind of want to have a minimum that's going to help you move forward because like Tracy said, there's, there's a cost to inaction. There's a cost to your organization and to you as a leader around not focusing on this stuff. So that could be a good way to get started. And then, hey, have a think about it too around what can you do outside of the office to help you get yourself into that more creative space. We just shared a few of our ways of doing that, but there's there's many different ones out there that um, that no doubt you might already be doing or could you know pick up as well to, to give yourself that space. It's a new year. It's exciting. 2023, it's going to be great. I've got a good feeling. So, uh, hey, everyone, uh, you know, thanks again for joining us. We're looking forward to spending the year with you. And, yeah, thanks for listening in. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Innovate for Impact podcast. Any links to what we spoke about today will be posted in the show notes. If you'd like to know more about social innovation, visit our website where we have a heap of tools to help you on your way. Visit impactoconsulting.com.au. Thanks for listening. Now go out there and make an impact.